Welcome to the Configure Price Code podcast. My name is Frank Sohn and I'm the founder of NoCPQ Consulting. This podcast is 100% focused on Configure Price Code, also known as CPQ, and will provide you useful insights into this topic. My guest today is Kevin Coletti. Kevin is president and CEO of Solidify, and Solidify is helping manufacturers to do business online by offering cloud-based configure price quote, e-commerce, and other products and services. The company is based in Glastonbury, Connecticut. Welcome, Kevin, to the CPQ podcast. Frank, thanks for having me. This should be fun. Kevin, let's get started maybe by talking a little bit about yourself and what you did before you joined Solidify, I think, in 2013. Yeah, thanks. I'll give you a little bit of my background and, and how I got here. So so it's a bit of a diverse background. I had uh, experience in on the corporate side and agency side. For a number of years, I was head of your business operations at ING uh, for the U.S., working with global counterparts uh, to lead ING into the digital space. So when I say that, we're talking at a time back in 99, 98, 99, 2000 or so, where the business function was in its infancy, especially at a large financial company where you know they were very stable but very comfortable. Uh, the good news is we work with the folks in Amsterdam globally, and they wanted to push it a little bit further, You know, some of the uh, global counterparts. So we really consider ourselves kind of a almost a Skunk Works pioneer team back in the day when you know the internet was just coming about commercially. Um, so we really pushed the envelope there, which you know kind of got me excited about to you know what else can I do? Um, so after that, I actually left there and started my own digital agency. We worked there for a number of years, uh, focused a bit on financial service industries and a couple of industries to you know enable them to do business online. So taking some of my corporate learnings and challenges in the corporate world about what we ran into, because uh, we did work as almost like an agency within uh, within the background and parlayed that into my own agency. So that was fun. So I have a little bit of uh, you know diverse background on the corporate side. So when we talk to our clients today, I think it helps that I know uh, on their side what their challenges are, what hoops they have to go through, you know, what level of buy-in they have to get in order to move forward. So I'm not one of those traditional IT, I think, CEOs at a startup and gets frustrated by why corporate just can't move faster. I get it. I know corporate doesn't move fast, um, but I know they try. And I think, as far as my background and learning to get where where I am today, you know, frankly, a lot of the learning I have is outside of professional training. I coach my sons. I have two two small children. I coach my sons' sports teams for six or seven years, and I think it's amazing what you can learn about leadership and, and running a company from running a team of six, seven, eight, nine, and ten year olds uh, around a field. Uh, about teamwork, working together, you know, wins, not just the selfish star on the team. So I think a lot of the learning from, you know, coaching kids, I probably learned just as much about, you know, managing a global team. And it's no easy task to organize a team of six, seven and eight year olds. No question about that. Now, another question is, how did you get started working with CPQ? Yeah, it's interesting because, you know, when I was on the corporate side with ING, like I mentioned before, I worked with the folks like Gartner and Forrester and, you know, the other the other shops out there to uh, add contracts on the corporate side. So, you know, I was, I was kind of studying the industry a bit and seeing what's, you know, what's hot, what's going on out there. And, you know, I think I, it's a very exciting time uh, for CPQ. And, you know, it was really quoting software. Was it e-commerce? Was it product catalogs bringing online? And I think it's the mashup of all of the above that really makes CPQ, I'll call it an accepted term out there. 
Um, so I think, you know, just doing some research about you know, what's interesting out there. The manufacturing world, I think, is hot. It's the lifeblood of America. So I, you know, our focus is on manufacturing. So knowing that the opportunities out there, you know, talking to a bunch of the um, uh, so research and consulting firms out there. And I've been around long enough that, you know, I've, I've heard buzzwords for a while. And, you know, people talk about, oh, now is the time that, you know, CPQ is going to, you know, kick in. And, and some companies have been working with CPQ for, you know, 20 years in, in some iteration of the other. But I really think right now is uh, it's a good time to get into the water um, three to five years ago. And especially right now, you know, there's actually conferences and webinars and seminars hour by hour about this about this topic. So I think the buzz is there. I think there's momentum going on. Um, I think our customers and prospects, industry analysts, is really creating a groundswell. And it's exciting to be on the wave at this time because I think it's really, and again, it's not one of those fads. It's, oh, that's great. Well, now it goes away. I think it's just going to evolve bigger and bigger. What do you personally consider the most exciting part of being in the CPQ and e-commerce space at this time? Yeah, I think, you know, I, I'd say it's it's, It's that the companies that we're working with, our prospects and our customers now, they get it, right? They're, they're coming around to it. You know, they understand the importance of online. Um, and it's funny saying that because I, I feel like I had these conversations 10 years ago when I was, or 15, 20 years ago when I was at ING saying, hey, listen, online's real. Um, but it's almost, it's almost real again uh, that people want to operationalize their business. And CPQ, it doesn't just enable part of their business. It's really operationalizing their entire business and quoting process and pricing um, streamlined through the online mode. And I think that's exciting. You know, so people work with us to say, you know, large manufacturers will say, hey, we want to operationalize our business online and we want to work with Solidify to make that happen. So I think it's, it's exciting. They're getting it. They're coming to us with ideas. We have ideas. So especially with the Yeah, I don't want to say younger folk coming in, but you know the people that grew up more with technology, they don't just accept it; they embrace it because that's what they know. So I think it's it's really exciting time because people, you know, their expectations are, hey, we need to be online, we need e-commerce, we need you know CPQs where we need to be. Um, so it's a good space to be in right now. My next question is about CPQ influencers you listen to and why you listen to them. I think you mentioned earlier Forrester and. Gardener, and I would expect that you listen to your customers first and foremost. Anyway, but is there anyone else that our listeners may want to know about? Yeah, I think like you mentioned, the typicals. You know, the folks over at you know Forrester and Gardener. I met with those with those folks. You know, John Bruno's real good over at Forrester, and Lewis over at uh, Mark Lewis over at Gardener. You know, they're always fun to talk to. I think they get it. I think they're straight to the point. I think they're actually better analysts now than their predecessors because you know if you read the reports and you listen to them. It's less about the fluff and more about the stuff, which I like. It's not a ethereal on, hey, here's what might be going on in 10 years. It's like, no, here's what's happening now. Here's what's working. Here's what's not working. So when 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 I when those reports come out from you know John Bruno and Lewis, I like reading those because they're actually actionable. But like you said, I think <laughs> the biggest influence is probably the prospects and customers, right? So it's it's not about supply and demand. Sometimes it's about demand and supply. They demand something, and we're like, okay, I think. You know, we're going to supply it as long as it you know, doesn't distract from our, our core business. So customers are a big influence for us. Now, if you hire new people to Solidify that are not yet familiar with CPQ, how do you get them up to date with CPQ topics? Yeah, so the concept of CPQ is, is interesting when we onboard folks. You know, of course, we walk them through you know, our clients and what we do from our feature function point of view. But the concept of CPQ... Uh, we do give them some reports you know, to read from some of the main influencers. 
and talk about you know the the interest that folks have uh, in the space, and we also expose them to customers and hear straight hand from them. And you know, here's the metrics. Here's what it did from for them. Here's how uh, it made a difference in their business. Um, so we really get people excited about the concept and the business. Um, and, and outside of the the typical industry analysts, you know, it's also you know again our core is manufacturing. We also you know have have reviews from the manufacturing world about how it's impacting their business specifically as well. I think I mentioned it in the introduction, you're based in Glastonbury, Connecticut, right? That's not really one of the hot areas that I would see for CPQ in the US necessarily. So I think there's <laughs> lots of vendors all over the place, but yeah. there seems to be a concentration in San Francisco and Chicago. I was just wondering what got you to choose Glastonbury food, I guess it, because you're living there, right? But are there <laughs> any other advantages, disadvantages connected with your location? Yeah, I think so. You know, I think like some sometimes the Northeast gets uh, gets the short straw out there, but I think the Northeast is, is just as high as anywhere else. And I've I've been in the West Coast meeting with the folks in Salesforce and going to um, you know the Saster conferences and whatnot in San Francisco and meet with those folks out there. But I mean, I think you know, sometimes you have too many different kind of companies or or similar type companies, I should say, in an area, and it kind of desolates it a bit. I think. I think we're positioned well in Connecticut. I mean, we can be anywhere, right? So we, we work with, uh, from a client point of view, people all over the globe. So it doesn't really matter where you are um, because the technology that these days. But I think Connecticut's great. Uh, it's, it's right between Boston and New York. Not that I'm running for governor here, but <laughs> I think it's a, it's a great spot to be. We do get hot talent coming from New York and Boston. Um, it's, it's a hop, skip, and a jump away from just about anywhere, be a train or, or a flight. So I don't think it makes it much, much of a difference. And I think the good news is we're one of the only type vendors like this in the area. Um, it's tough because we have to get people to understand the concept of what you know we do in a SaaS and cloud-based company and, and everything else. But we're also not getting land grabbed by a lot, of, a lot of people that you know around the block that do the same thing we are. So I think there's a lot of advantages. Kevin, can you tell us a little bit more about the company culture at Solidify? What is it like, and maybe provide some examples for it. Yeah, fantastic. Uh, yeah, and culture is important. Um, you know, everybody says that. Hopefully, they all mean it. We definitely mean it here. Um, especially, you know, we talked about the hiring process and onboarding folks. You know, we, we try to hire based on the character of the person, not necessarily the skill set. You know, I, I'm of the mindset, and my managers are as well now. Um, if they didn't have that mindset before, you can basically learn a skill, right? So, if you're passionate about something and the company you work for, if you're smart, uh, if you're willing to put in the time and buy into what we're doing here and in the, the movement that we're in, then you're the right person, right? So I think based on character is is number one that we hire for. Skills will come. Uh, so I think that's you know, and, and I think that's that's evident in our company. Um, and, and again, culture is or, organic. I don't think it's forced. I'm not just going to throw a ping pong table out here and say, hey, we're a cool company because we have ping pong, you know, balls and Nerf guns. We might have that here, but that doesn't. It's not a forced culture. Um, so, and we also consider our company really straight shooting. Uh, you know, there's no real BS here. We we check the egos at the door. Um, we have the same mentality with our clients. We do with each other. We're team oriented. We're nurturing. We focus on making the people around stronger. I mean, if you think of a basketball team, right? I always use terrible analogies, but here you go. Um, it's like it's like being a great point guard, right? You're just as excited about the assists than you are with you know, scoring the points, you know, if guys had 10 assists, you know, great job because you made the team better. Stat sheet doesn't have you making, you know, having 20 points, but you, you know, those 10 assists equated to 20 points plus. So I think that's important. 
everybody builds each other up. An example is, a simple example is, you know, every Monday morning we have a team kind of kick off the week meeting, right? And it's not just a, what task are you doing? What's the most important deliverable? Um, it's really around, hey, how was your weekend? Did you see the game last night? Oh, my team beat your team. Um, you know, what'd you do with the kids? You know, how are they this weekend? So we really go around the table and talk about things and, you know, people chime in and really, really care about each other. And this is, again, this is back to my days of coaching. Uh, kids, I think, you know, the sum of all the parts is greater than, than the singulars, right? So I think having the team that works together and really wants each other to do well and win is going to blow away a team of superstars any day, in my opinion. Um, and of course, we talk about, you know, new sales and marketing activities, everything gone. But really, the mindset is, is of a team and an idea can come from anywhere. So if we're, if we're brainstorming a new feature, we'll have just about anybody from any department in the room because, again, I don't have a magic strategy pen. So, you know, having the team involved, you know, a good idea can come from anywhere. Someone might have read an article last night that I missed. So I think that's that's really an environment we have here. So now let's talk a little bit more about Solidify. Can you tell our listeners what products and services Solidify offers? Yeah, great. Um, so obviously CPQ, configure price quote, but so we're a cloud-based company, cloud-based SaaS company. Uh, we're partnered with, with Microsoft. Uh, everything's hosted in Microsoft Azure. Uh, full service company, uh, meaning we're not a tool, we're not a CPQ tool that we give folks and here's your packets of training and go. We're full service. So we help with the onboarding. We're helping make sure um, they get they get the products um, set up like it should be, and we support them on an ongoing basis. Uh, configurators and catalogs, really where we kind of grew up a bit. Um, so configurators, rules-based, constraint-based, very complex configurators is what we specialize in. Um, it's not someone that just has a T-shirt and says what color and what logo you want it. You know, it's complex nesting configurators that manufacturers need. Uh, and then there's e-commerce. Uh, we have the payment gateways from the e-commerce point of view, so people can have a public-facing view as well as an internal-facing view um, of the configurators and catalogs. We can talk about that a bit more if you'd like. And then sales portals, uh, really what, what we set up for our clients to, uh, for the channel partners, channel extranets, uh, some people call it, to have kind of a, a captive audience of folks to use the configurators in quoting out. So it's really the span of externally facing e-commerce using configurators catalogs and internally facing sales enablement uh, with the CPQ tools and sales portals. And I think you already mentioned the manufacturing industry a couple of times. Are there other industry that you're targeting? And also, when we you mentioned, I think, earlier also that you're doing business worldwide, but are you focusing on specific geographies? Yeah, B2B manufacturing, like you mentioned, um, I tend to say that a lot because that is our core and that's what we live every day. That is our core focus. We have clients globally, so not really geo-targeted. Um, that said, most of our clients have a presence or headquarters in the U.S. that we work through. Um, but for like for Stanley, for example, we're in six or eight countries, and same thing with you know Amatech and some of the larger global manufacturers. Uh, we'll work with globally, but typically they start in the U.S. Um, and we get subsidiaries or divisions that are, you know kind of branch out to other other areas of the business. Um, and as far as other industries. You know, again, our bread and butter is manufacturing. Different types of manufacturing is okay, but we're also been exploring and has some some clients now. We're beta testing out um, in the high tech, uh, medical and medical device areas uh, as well, uh, above and beyond manufacturing. So, what we're trying to do is see where our focus of our software can enable us to go into other industries without distracting it and without having to you know go far away from our core to make it happen.
Here's some information about our CPQ Circle community. Stay up to date with the latest CPQ news, industry trends and best practices from many CPQ vendors, system integrators, researchers, thought leaders and customers by checking our CPQ Circle community. You also learn about job opportunities and you can find the shortlist of possible CPQ solutions for your business and much more. Try it today because it's free. Learn more at www.novocpq.com, look for resource and then select CPQ Circle Community. Bookmark the page and check back regularly because the content changes frequently. Another interesting question is how your solution integrates with existing system infrastructures, like for example a CRM system, an ERP system, a product lifecycle management systems, or other systems. Yeah, that, that's a great question. It's funny. Everything's usually three letters, right? Or CPQ and the CRM here, ERP, PLM, all these things. So you name the three letters, and, and we probably work with them. CAD, you know, CAD. Uh, there's a lot out there. Um, I think the great thing is we're agnostic, right? So we're not native to building on Salesforce. So if you use Salesforce, you can use us. If you use Dynamics, you can't use us. So we're agnostics in the space, which I think is an advantage, not just for us, but our clients. Um, if it's if it's a, a prospect that says, hey, listen, we use Salesforce. We have a you know, thousand installs of it. We want something that just works perfectly with that. Maybe we're not the right solution. You should go with the native solution if that's all you're gonna tie into. If a company or a large conglomerate workload says, hey, we mostly use Salesforce, we also use Dynamics CRM, and by the way, our ERP system is Oracle, but we also use Navvision in some areas. We're the ones you know, that, can, that they can work with. Um, so we can integrate a number of different ways. We have a lot of partners in the space. It can be APIs, you know, web services. It can be flat file, you know, push back and forth. Most modern systems, frankly, are, are pretty easy, and I can say easy because my head of IT is not in the room. Uh, easy to work with nowadays, uh, to hook up, as long as they have the right APIs. So, Talking to different systems, we're pretty, uh, it's pretty straightforward. We do that probably with ninety percent of our clients. And I, I think you you also have a couple of partnerships. I saw Salesforce, Oracle, Microsoft, Sage. Uh, one question is also how do you partner with them, and what does it mean for your customers that you have a partnership with these firms? Yeah, I, th I think what it means for them is it's almost like a peace of mind, right? So they understand, oh, you've worked with Salesforce before, you have a uh, relationship with them. Oh, Microsoft, you know, you're, you're a partner with them. So it really means we have experience in working with them and connectors a lot of times we already have in place. So you want a connector from the CPQ into Salesforce. Okay, we have that connector to push, pull back and forth data. Same thing with Oracle, Microsoft, Sage, first data from a payment gateway point of view. We just signed on a new partnership this past, this past week or so with, with Onshape which is a great CAD company out of uh, Boston here. It's the guys that used to be in charge of SolidWorks. So now we can enable folks that, hey, you want to turn your configurators, and when it's done configuring, you want to dynamically display a CAD that shows up that people can view and download. You know, So we're constantly broadening our ecosystem to one, I, I guess you could say make us more viable and more appealing, uh, but also really have the advantages for our prospects and even current clients. You know, We can go to current clients and say, hey, we also, you know, now we can do this for you. So it's not just integration, it's almost, it's almost a complimentary value add as well. Same thing with like Avalara from a tax point of view as a partner, just to make it easier for the clients. Tell us a little bit more about your CAD capabilities. Are you using and offering visualization, virtualization in your tool? I mean, 2D, 3D, augment reality, virtual reality. Yep, so we're getting to that a bit. So we've offered CAD for a number of years now through a handful of different partners. And CAD, 
mostly from a viewing point of view, right? So a user can configure it, configure a, a part product or assembly, and then you can view and download what that structure or part and assembly that, that you produced was. But now we're working with the folks over at Onshape to turn more into the visualization of it, right? So when things are happening, you can spin around a 3D model, you can you know, make updates and changes to it. So we're really broadening what we can do there and getting more into, I'll say, the visual space, uh, as you mentioned, because it's a bit of, um, I don't want to say need a, say a trend out there, but it's another thing that people are asking for and looking for. You know, do you have a visual CPQ or visual configurator that we can see kind of things more happening on the fly? And, and from a 3D point of view, visualization, and that's what we're getting into right now. Makes sense. So what I see with customers also is uh, everyone's obviously always investigating options to get these f solutions at uh, a lower price potentially, right? So which means less effort. Are you providing your customers any tools or any other means to speed up the implementation? One example, maybe you're using industry templates or whatever else. Are you offering anything to your customers to, to speed up the implementation period? Yeah, absolutely. So we've been doing it for, for a number of years. So it's, you know, a lot of times, you know, it can be from a from a data point of view, which is typically the biggest challenge, frankly, for, for customers. You know, we have data master sheets and best practice review sheets, uh, which, you know, here's how you want to structure your data. Here's why. And here's if you structure your data this way, here's a wireframe of what it's going to look like at the end. So they can start to get the concepts pulling through of how the data should be structured. So we have all that mapping in place for it to make it easier for them. Of course, there's typical documentation. We do have an onboarding and project process documents as well that we share even before they become a customer. A lot of time, the prospects um, they want to know, okay, what's you know, what's a typical engagement like? What do I expect? So even bef even before the sale is made, it gives them kind of a warm and fuzzy that oh, there is a process. You're not just a software company give us a tool. You have this whole I'll say hand holding of discovery session. You help us normalize our data. You get us you know you get the data into the system. You have, Workflow diagrams, all that kind of stuff. So, really, everything we can um, to help set our clients up for success, and frankly, the projects up for success, right? Because if we set them up right in the beginning, then it's just going to get things faster done uh, later. And what CPQ capabilities do your customers consider most important or ask for most often? Yeah, I think there's a handful of things, and I don't want I don't want it too exhaustive, but um, you know, I'll kind of keep it tight here. So. I think complex workflow is important. Um, you know, it doesn't, it's not sexy, but, you know, because it's all behind the scenes, but be able to handle the complex workflows and approval process and have it built into the system is a huge win from an operational efficiency point of view, meaning, meaning a sales rep, he configures a part. He doesn't just send it to the client and he doesn't offline say, oh, you know, let me send it to Joe in engineering and my sales manager via email or whatever. It workflows the system that based on rules, that we set up. So if it's this type of part or configuration, or if they want to do more than a 10% discount or gross margin more than, you know, less than 80%, it has these key triggers that says, okay, now it has to kick off for approval by the sales manager. Or if it's a certain configuration has to set off or an assembly, oh, that basic configuration um, is different than what we typically do. That kicks off an engineering review and approval process. And it all happens online through our system, you know, with event triggers out to the different clients. So Having that all streamlined, they said, you know, beyond the sexy things like, uh, you know, what things look at the end and reports and everything else, that saves people days or weeks worth of work having it in the system and it tracks it too. So I think that's, now people talk about that, maybe that's, an, you know, a behind the scenes thing, but it's it's a big deal for folks when, when we show them. 
Report cards, I mentioned a second ago, we have report cards and metrics built in, into the system. We think that's important. You know, I'm always, at, you know, I'm always of the opinion why build it if you can't measure it, right? So we have a report card built into our system. People ask for that, they love it, they wanna know what's in the system, what's in the approval process. I talked about workflows. You know, I have 20 quotes, but 10 are still in engineering review. I can quickly go to those quotes to see what's hold up in engineering review. So the whole workflow tied into the reports um, kind of goes hand in hand. Uh, another thing is behavior-based intelligence uh, we could talk about. Um, I think that's important, uh, meaning the system understands and knows things as you're working through it. So it can happen from a configurator point of view. It can say, based on this configuration, you might also want these parts or these pieces, or other people that have configured this part have also configured these other parts. So there's a lot of learning coming from folks like you know, Amazon, that kind of world, the behavior-based intelligence that we built into our system as well. And how long is a typical Solidify project? Yeah, yeah, I can give you some some typicals as as you mentioned, uh, with the full caveats that don't hold me to us. <laughs> so because it depends on, on the client, but you know, so we're a SaaS company, like I mentioned before. So we've done this. We have a platform um, that's set up. So there's not a lot of starting from scratch. It's only as, you know as good as the data that the clients have. Um, data is usually the thing that holds things up the most. If their data is in a good place and we work with them. And it's a typical CPQ, you know, the handful of product families out there. It can be three months. Um, it can be four months. It can be, you know, 60 days. It really depends on the client. Um, if it's something so complex with custom workflows and, you know, all these other things that are involved, it, it might take a bit longer, you know, but typically three to four months, I'd say, on average as a product uh, lifecycle to get up and running. Excellent. Now, concerning the maintenance, right? So since the CPQ solution is not implemented once, then forget the system kind of system. So you have to add new products, you have new workflows, as, as you mentioned, and other things. What should customers consider concerning the maintenance of your solution? So I think, you know, the great news, news here is, is that we are uh, full service. It's a cloud-based solution, right? So there is some admin features, you know, built into the system uh, on, the, on the CPQ side for updating contacts, uh, contacts, I'm sorry. You can update the workflows, you can change the pricing structures, um, those kind of things, the reports are, are, are at your fingertips. But really, we maintain the system and solution for them, right? So our annual SaaS fee includes hosting in the Azure cloud environment. We maintain it for them. They don't have to worry about having IT in, involved. Included also is for their configurators. We update all the rules, the pricing updates if they want us to do it. Uh, we'll do it. The customer doesn't have to learn the system. They don't have to learn code, syntax, or rely on anyone else for support. Uh, we have a ticket system they just send it into. So our clients love that. They love that you know we maintain it for them because a lot of people have turnover, right? Or a lot of people, you know, they might one person might know the system and they go away and they move into another thing and, and and then they have nowhere to go. So I think us being uh, full service, they don't have to necessarily host and maintain. And I think that's you know that's actually a reason why a lot of our customers in our contacts, they're typically not IT, right? Sometimes they're you know they're whispering on the phone saying, okay, how do we get around IT? Um, so we typically work with, I say, marketing and sales leads as well as product and service uh, functions that we work with. That you know they don't have to be IT uh, people driving the project or using our solution. Um, IT gets involved if there's integrations like we talked about earlier. Excellent. Now I'm. 
pretty sure listeners are interested to learn more about your solution. What's a good way to, to do that? Is, is your website a good place to start or are you uh, going to be at any industry events in the, in the coming months that listeners may want to know about? Yeah, I'd start with our website, you know, www.solidifyinc.com. I think uh, we even have tidbits on there around, you know, here's the top 10 common challenges that people run into because um, we've, we've, we've heard it all. Um, so we even talk about 10 challenges, how to overcome them, common questions about CPQ. So I think it's a good resource to start with. Absolutely. Excellent. And if listeners have a question for you or want to follow up with you, is there any way how they can get in contact with you on LinkedIn, on Twitter, via email? Yep, all of the above, right? So they can find <laughs> me on, on LinkedIn. They can email me at kcoletti, C-O-L-L-E-T-T-I, at solidifyinc.com. They can call my direct line. 860-430-5226. I'm happy to talk to anyone. And I also say, you know, if, if people are ready or if you're, you're kicking around a solution you're not sure, give us a call. Uh, you know, we like talking to people even when they're, you know, not sure where to begin. Because I think that's one of the biggest challenges. People don't know where to start. It can be, it can be um, daunting. Kevin, very helpful. Thank you very much for taking the time to do this interview. Great. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is a good time. I'd like to thank everyone for listening and hope you learned something interesting today. If you like the podcast, please go ahead and rate it on iTunes or share it with your friends and colleagues. In the meantime, you can find us online at www.novocpq.com. So long, everyone.